maybe I didn't push it hard enough. Nope. I've got a green light. Let's just take a minute here and just kind of, you know, breathe in deep and just kind of, kind of relax a little bit. It's been uh, busy days, hasn't it? There are things that going on. We've been to concerts and, uh, you know, you do things with grandkids and, and a lot of things going on that are part of what we would call the U.S. traditional Christian. One of our missionaries, or Christmas, one of our missionaries in South America, they have what's called chocolatada down in Peru. That's what they do. And they have pantone. And anybody noticed pantone bread? It's kind of a not-so-sweet fruit bread, and you'll see it a lot like in places like Ross. It's everywhere. It's very big in South America. And so that's part of their tradition. And traditions are a little different in places like Trinidad, where our missionaries are in the middle of summer in 95 degrees. Uh, and heavy rain has a way of kind of changing what we would call our feel uh, for Christmas. And we have all of these things, but I want to take about 20 minutes for us just to kind of stop and exhale and come back to the center of what this is all about. And if you have your Bibles, and there may be some down in front of you in the, uh, by the hymn books, but the Gospel of John, chapter 1, is where I would like to take the Christmas story from. Now, we're familiar with Mary and Joseph, the wise men, the angels, no room in the end. We're familiar with all of, of those things, but the Apostle John, who was one of the closest of the disciples to Jesus tells the story in a different way. And that's what I would like us to look at for a few moments because he doesn't start... Now, the birth of Jesus was in this way, as some of the gospel records would record, and they're wonderful. But John starts it differently in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning... He said, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the word Word is capitalized, and it's capitalized for a reason, because that's the name he's using for Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and so when we start the Christmas story as John tells the Christmas story, we don't start 2,000 years ago in the little town of Bethlehem. We start eons ago, eternity ago, and John begins it with, in the beginning was the Word. He's talking about the Lord Jesus there. And the center of everything that we hold dear, not only in this season, but in all that we believe, the center is, is Christ. Everything 
everything that we hope for beyond this life, everything that we trust in for eternity beyond, all centers around the person of Christ. This morning, uh, Wanda and I usually have coffee for an hour or so in the morning, and uh, this morning she said, let me read you something from one of our missionaries, another one of our TBM missionaries, uh, Mirko Franzini and his wife Paola are serving the Lord in Sermide, Italy. We've been to their house and they've been to ours. And he, he made a simple post and it was this. No decorations. It's still Christmas. No tree. It's still Christmas. No presents. It's still Christmas. No Jesus. No Christmas. And it's true, isn't it? What a simple way uh, of stating a profound truth. Everything that we hope for beyond the grave is found in Christ and Christ alone. Not in religion. Not in good works. Those things aren't bad. But there's no hope in those things. And so as we come to celebrate the birth of Christ tomorrow, we're looking at the core of everything on which eternity is based. One and I went to a funeral service last Sunday from a dear friend of ours. His name was Max Bird. Max trusted the Lord when he was a child and has served the Lord faithfully. And uh, a week ago, this past Sunday, he was in a Christmas music out large church, probably five, six hundred people in that congregation. And he was in that musical, and he was uh, one of the principal characters in the Christmas story. And it could be a man named Zacharias. We, we didn't hear all about that, and it, it could have been uh, a man named Simeon. But he was in that program and served, and uh, Monday night he went to sleep, and he woke up in heaven. And no one saw that coming. How important, uh, as, as we gathered together with hundreds of uh, believers on Sunday, how important it was that everything that was focused on beyond Max, and even more than Max, was the person on whom his faith was centered. The person whose birth we celebrate tomorrow. So the story, even reading two verses, the story of the birth of Jesus began way before Bethlehem. In the beginning was the Word in John chapter 1, verse 1. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was nothing made that was made. You see, Jesus wasn't 
Yes, he was born, and we celebrate his birthday, but Jesus has existed eternally as God. He is co-equal to God. He is co-eternal with God. He is co-identical with God. So he didn't become the Messiah. He was the Messiah, and he was the Son of God from eternity past, that in a way that only God could do, God the Son was born to this earth. Why? Why would he do that? We wonder. Well, there are two, a couple, uh, two or three verses that I would like us to see also in John chapter one, because we find one of the reasons he did what he did to leave the glories of heaven, and as only God could do, uh, we read in places in Scripture, he was reduced to almost nothing in Mary's womb and grew to a baby and was born. You say, well, that's impossible. Mary asked when the, the angel appeared to her, how can this be? And without giving lots of specifics, which our small minds could never understand, he just said, this. With God, nothing's impossible. That's the answer. With God, nothing is impossible. So it happened. This baby whose birth we celebrate tomorrow existed from eternity past and was a part of creation, as we just read. And then this. In him was life. This is verse 4 of John chapter 1. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, let's understand what he is and is not saying there. He's not saying in him was life like you would say, well, in Ron is, is life. Ron's alive. No, no. He is saying in him was life giving life. Not just he was alive as a human, and he was, but he was perfect and sinless. But in him was life-giving life, and yet he was human. He could be tired. He could be sad. He could be thirsty. All of those things. He was human, except this difference. In him was life-giving life. We can't do that. You and I can't do that. A doctor can't do that. A doctor can extend life. A doctor can... Uh, we've, we've been the recipient of the wisdom of great doctors uh, uh, through our almost 50 years of marriage, and God has been good through them, but they can't give life. They can extend it. Jesus, as we saw, and we read through the Gospels, Jesus himself had within himself to give life. And that not just physical life, but more importantly, spiritual life. Our hope is solid in Christ because he is a life 
life-giving Savior. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. If we look across the world today, we see that uh, there are many causes in the world, some noble, some not so much. And yet we find only Christ is the one who can promise blessing in life today, even in the difficult times, and then blessing for eternity. And that's because in him was life. Life giving life. And we celebrate his birth tomorrow. There's something else. In John chapter 1, verse 14, we read really John's very condensed version of the Christmas story. Here's all he said in John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, the eternal son of God, God from eternity past, became a baby, was born and lived his life perfectly, was nailed to a cross, was buried, he died, he was buried, he rose again, and because he, in him was life-giving life, the Father raised him from the dead, and now he forever lives in heaven to prove that because he lives, you and I can live as well. He became flesh and dwelt among us. That's identification. And just so that we would know that it was true, the Lord spoke through the prophets 700 years before Jesus was even born. And we read in Isaiah seven fourteen that Jesus would be born of a virgin 700 years before it happened. And he would have a name, not like Jesus, which was his name, but a name that would describe who he was. And that was one of the songs that we sang. O come, O come, Emmanuel, which means God with us. When we trust Christ as our Savior, we understand that he knows us because he went through what we did. He went through things like betrayal and suffering terribly and unjustly, things that never should have happened. He understands us. We're told in John chapter 11 that Jesus wept. He understands what it is to lose someone. This is a a Savior who in every way identifies with us. And yet we're also told in Isaiah 9, 6, again, seven centuries before Jesus was ever born, his name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor. Those are our nice names. And then this, the Mighty God. So we have to, to, to remind ourselves that that we can't just look at the baby in the manger as, as very beautiful as all of those scenes are that we, that we see around, and, and they remind us of 
the sacrifice of Christ and the humility of Christ in coming down to this earth. But we must never forget he's the mighty God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. How? We will never understand. It's just that scripture says it was so. And then this. In John 1.18, it says this, No one has seen God at any time. Here's another reason that Jesus came. The only begotten Son, that's Jesus, the Word, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him or He has revealed Him to us. We know God because we understand the Jesus that is unfolded for us in the Word of God, and it's His birth that we celebrate tomorrow. Well, some would ask, okay, but why is He called the Word? capital W-O-R-D. Why didn't John just say Jesus? In the beginning, Jesus was. Instead of in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I can illustrate this. Now, can you tell what I was just thinking? Any mind readers? I wouldn't believe you. If you said you were. You can't because thoughts are invisible. I was thinking, you all look really nice tonight and it's great to be here. I really was. I didn't make that up. That's what I was thinking. Now, how do you know that I was thinking that? Because I just told you. How did I tell you? With words. Words give expression to invisible thought. And we read in John 1.18, no one has seen God, it's speaking of God the Father, nobody's seen God the Father at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has revealed him, he has declared him. That's revelation. Jesus is to God who is invisible. No man has seen God at any time. Though he's a person, no man has seen him, has seen God the Father. Jesus is to God what words are to thought, the expression of things that we otherwise would not know. Jesus came to show us the heart of God. And the heart of God expressed in a verse we all know, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is to God what words are to thought, the revelation, the unfolding of things that we otherwise would not know. We celebrate tomorrow the birth of that child who is the almighty God who
who unfolds to us the loving heart of God who would give his only son for us so that we, through simple childlike faith in his death on Calvary's cross for us, we could have eternal life. That is the ultimate gift. The song that Krista sang, Mary, did you know that your little boy would one day walk on water? Did you know that your little boy would save our sons and daughters? And he went on to say, do you know that the son that you delivered in birth will soon deliver you? That's what Jesus did for us. And that is what we celebrate tomorrow. Not just a baby born in a manger, though the story is remarkable all by itself, but is even more remarkable is what happened after that that is ours because he gave up the glory of heaven and was reduced to common man except sinless one day nailed to a cross, lived the perfect life. That's the Savior whose birth we celebrate. One verse that I would like to to close with, at the end of the Gospel of John, John talked about identification. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he talked about uh, revelation that Jesus reveals the heart of God to us and he did it in his own flesh but he closed his letter the gospel of John well actually the next to the last chapter in John twenty thirty one, with kind of an invitation And we need to remind ourselves that this is the truth. Talking about all that's written in the Bible about Jesus and all that isn't written because books could never contain all that Jesus did. But he said in John 20, 31, but these are written, what John wrote about the word, Jesus. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the greatest gift. We get to give gifts, and probably as we get older, maybe gifts aren't held in in, in quite the same esteem that we did when we were 5 or even 15 or even 25. This is the greatest gift. And it is the truest gift in every sense. And if we own that gift by simple faith in what Christ did for us on the cross, then we have Christmas. No Jesus, no Christmas. Everything else is optional. Isn't it great? Isn't it great what we have because of Christ and that as we leave this place after a a busy, somewhat of a busy holiday season, that we get to focus 
maybe a little bit quietly tonight and, and even tomorrow morning in whatever your uh, Christmas traditions are to take time to read just a little bit of the Christmas story and to thank God for what he gave us through his son. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for our time uh, tonight. For each part of the, the program, we're so grateful for all of the work that went into the program. Thank you for Cindy's work in, in putting this together. Thank you for those who are part of the, the music, whether the, the hymns that we sang or special music. We're so grateful for this time. But, Father, most of all, we're grateful for your Son, the Word, who was made flesh. And you love us, and you show us the heart of your Father through your life, your death, and your resurrection. Thank you for the unspeakable gift that we have of salvation by faith through Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.